Welcome to Outside the Glass, the Squash Podcast. I'm your host, James Zug. Really thrilled uh, Outside the Glass to have uh, our first advertiser. It's uh, been an exciting couple of months launching the podcast, and we've gotten um, thousands of people listening and uh, downloading and uh, talking about it. It's been really, really exciting. So uh, one of my favorite places on the on the internet to uh, buy squash equipment is squashproshop.com. They carry a great selection of squash equipment from all the top manufacturers at the lowest prices. They offer fast and free shipping on orders over $25. For the best selection, prices, and service on the net, visit squashproshop.com. So since we've launched, we've had conversations that have talked about squash going on in Canada and in England and Australia, Israel. And the uh, next conversation is about South Africa. When I used to live in South Africa, play squash there, people would always want to talk about the Jarvis Cup. It was sort of this uh, mythical team tournament. And a couple months ago, some friends from South Africa were visiting, and we sat down in my kitchen one night and had a great conversation about the Jarvis Cup. Uh, the 2016 event is going to be held in a couple of weeks in Peter Maritzburg. So it was great. Paul Atkinson and Mark Reed and I... Um, uh, talked about sort of the history of the event and what makes it so special. Talk about it. I think the biggest thing is obviously it's a team event uh, made up around um, from different provinces around the country. Uh, there's five guys in a team, so you have a situation where you have some of the top players in the world. Each each province is allowed to have one international player, men and women, and it doesn't matter whether you play number one or number five in the A section. For example, every single match is extremely tough, uh, very hard. And then uh, every evening you go out and you, you get together and you have a, have a good time and then you wake up and you do battle all over again and you do that for five days. And the interesting thing, it's now extended to you have an A, B, C and D section for the guys and A, B section for the ladies. And the same thing applies in every single section. So even if the guy's playing number five in the D section against somebody else, he has exactly the same battle. It's just as hard for him. Um, and then again that night he goes out and... Uh, is to share all the stories and, and war stories with uh, with his opponent. So it's really a phenomenal uh, um, spirit that is created. My, my experience of it is it's an amazing team environment. It's not just right. men and women. It's a combined squad from every province in South Africa. Even the smaller cities have combined squads. So mm. you have team meetings. There's team strategy. Before the tournament. And yeah. every night. And every night. Every oh, night. do you go out as a group, just your team? Well, or your, does everybody go out as, you know, all, all 200? 250 go out? In your hotel, you'll have a team meeting. And there'll be like a fines evening where it's, a, it's fun and yeah. everyone has a bit of fun. But then there'll be a serious side to it where you, you strategize about what's happening in the next match. Mm. If someone's slightly injured or someone's playing better. And there's this team culture where... In an individual tournament, you're not you going to get that. an experienced person like Paul coming to me and saying, just remember the guy you're playing, he's, he's yeah. better than you, but you can beat him if you do X, Y, Z. It creates this whole cocoon of squash and yeah. experience in a team, an individual sports wrapped with a team environment. You can't get better than that. I think that's a, that's a perfect example he's just given. Um, so, Like I just said, you've got guys that are some of the top players in the world now starting to come to Jars. They always have, but now... Uh, for example, uh, the world number 14 or the world number 18 
and he will go along, wake up early in the morning, he's only playing at one o'clock in the afternoon, or his team's only playing at one o'clock, he'll only go on court at four o'clock that afternoon, but he'll wake up at eight o'clock, he'll go to a different venue, and he'll go and cheer for the number five in the D section, and walk on between games and give that number five advice. And for that youngster, that up-and-coming guy, or whatever, whether he's a lower league player, slightly lower league, for him to be getting advice from a Steve Coppinger or a Emma Beddoes or Amanda Sobey or a Natalie Granger, I mean, the list goes on and on. To get that advice for somebody like that and that guy walks over to your corner, you're definitely going to put in a little bit of a 10%, 20% extra effort. So and it, be, it begins on a Monday, or do you get there on Sunday? Saturday? Get there on Sunday. So it's a very unusual tournament because it starts on a... You get there on Sunday, and you and you don't leave till the following Saturday. So you're taking a sort of a week off yeah. from your life, yeah. and I mean that's that's pretty unusual anywhere in the world to say I'm taking a week for one for one event. Yeah, that's you know there's no prize money, right? No prize money. So so it's all for the the love of the game and yes. and, and the camaraderie of seeing. Are a lot of these people? Do you only see them once a year? So it's really a social, like oh I'm running it, or do you? Is it mostly the same people that you? run into at other events and other if, if you're at venues. the elite if you're at the elite level in South Africa you'll see the the A section yeah. men and women whenever there are you know high ranking tournaments. But when you go to B section and C section, those people you you won't tend to see them because you don't travel for tournaments. You stick to your first mm. league and second league in your province. Right. The other thing that's that I find is amazing about the Jarvis and Captain Cup is the network, it's, it's like all sport, where that positive energy is generated, you develop lifelong contacts. Mm. Take Richard Dodd, for example, to come over to the US. He played some jobs. Immediately, I don't know him, but I sort of recognize him. So even if I didn't, if he wasn't a justice tour and we went, yeah, we would be chatting right. to him and saying, hey. Because you spent a week with him. Yeah, I recognize you. It's that subtle... Yeah networking and growing of the sport that happens by by right. being together in that environment right. and in a team environment i think it yes. sounds like that's yeah. it's not an individual tournament where you just play and leave or yeah. whatever but the very important thing that i think makes it so special is it's a very difficult yeah. physical and mental do you play um, one match a day or one two match a day. one match a day no matter what no matter what. No matter, yeah. So you play Monday to every day. But it's five times. But, but every match you play, even if you are way stronger than the player you play against, when you get on that court, yeah. there's extreme pressure that if you are better than that person, you must win three love. So Oh, you can't just... It doesn't matter who wins, it's how many games they win? Yes. Um, yeah. So you, have, you want to win three love, not three one. Three love. You also want to conserve your energy, obviously. Yeah. Because um, Friday's a long Friday's way off. Friday, yeah. <laughs> now, now the, other, the big thing about this, now you must remember, that's Monday, Tuesday, mm. Wednesday, Thursday, and often your biggest games are on a Friday. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's an attrition side to it. Right. So you might, be, you might be able to play a hell of a Great good match. squash. Yeah. For Monday and Tuesday, and be you know the knight in shining armor. Right. But can you do that on the Friday? Yeah. And everyone sees that, so it creates an amazing psychological. And it, and it yeah. draws it draws it out of people. Right. They, they might not never had that drawn out of them. Uh, right. In other forced. Yeah. And then uh, socially, is it really just the Friday night where people let loose because the squash is over? Yeah, that's interesting. It used to be um, a few years ago. It just shows our sport has changed. So when I started playing this, I played twenty six Jarvises. Um, you played 26 in a row in a row and I've never missed one yeah how old are you now I'm 41 so I started when I was 16 wow 
Um, my, my, one of my best <laughs> friends, Mike Toodles, just finished his 30th and, and is retired. Um, they gave him a God of Honor as he walked off the court. So That's um, 26 in a row. 26 in a row. Wow. Um, I think that one of the most amazing things is that 10 years ago, it was very famous that you got on the court, you would have a, a two-hour match, and then you would go out that night and you would have a massive party every single night. Now, typically, even in the B section, I'd say the C and D section, they play hard, but they'll go out and they'll have a good function that night and they'll have yeah. some fun. The B section guys getting a little bit more serious. The A section, without a doubt, they will go out, we'll go to all the functions, uh, but you'll eat the right food, you will never, you will never now overindulge. There's too much that the province puts into training, to getting ready for this tournament. There's too much prestige involved. You now have these international players there that bring a different dynamic and their professionalism to it. But then on that Friday night, party will go until 5, 6, 7 o'clock in the next morning. The other thing is they're, 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 they're subtle team traditions. Yeah. Every province has different things. That um, they've, they historically they've done. Yeah. Like in our B like, section team in the province, if you haven't dived on court for a ball during the tournament. Okay. They put, they, out goes the ball and they measure up and you've got to go and dive. And it's, uh, you know, On the court or at, or at, at the, the, the pub? Or on the carpet, in the, so you know, there's all these subtle sort of. Do you, do you, are you wearing uh, everybody's uniforms yes. for the province yes. and? Very much clear colored. Um, so Western Province plays in uh, white and blue. Gauteng is in white and red. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's very distinct. Especially with the ladies. You'll find they'll come up with a sometimes so, a little chant or yeah, something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. we've had um, some cool. We've got one particular cool tradition that was started 15 years ago in Fukhaateng, and that was um, every new single new person that's their first joist, they they would be told, and it's now got to a point where they know that when they selected two months prior, they know this tradition. We don't even have to tell them about it anymore. That on the Friday night they have to get together all the new guys and they have to do some kind of what skit. we call a skit. Yeah, yeah. And we've had some hysterical things over the years. And typically, we you play with such um, regard and respect that it allows in fines meetings or in skits that you can actually have a go and have and poke some fun at your teammates because they know it's not there's no right. malice involved at all. It's pure respect. So you get some funny situations and some funny stories <laughs> being told. And it's quite cool to see international people, some that can hardly speak a word of English, um, and they get into this situation and by the Friday that they're leading the skit. Um, so it's really cool. Um, it's, everybody realizes very quickly this is one particular tournament and it shows sport where it's way bigger than the individual. It doesn't matter whether you're Nicole David or doesn't matter who you are. So I, I, I went to the Jarvis Cup in 1989 and there, there were no international people as far as I noticed no. back then. You've had basically, you know, every country you've had somebody come from, you mm. know, all these great players. Mm. And and they just act like another part of the team, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. pretty, for them, most of them are just professionals who are training, you know, they're individuals. And there's, you know, there's very rarely, you know, a couple times a year, they have a team. Yes. So mm. this is pretty unusual to spend a week yeah. with In people you don't know yeah. or, you you know, you didn't grow up with. And yeah. They're not from your country to have that. It's pretty unusual. And you talk to any of the top players, and, and any of now, I mean, even on this tour that you're doing now, a lot of them will say, you know what, they've, they've done everything. They've played every tournament. They've played in the Egypt in, uh, with a, a glass mm. court in front of the, in front of the pyramids. And uh, they've played here, and they've played Tournament of Champions, and, but they've never done Jarvis. And it's pretty special because you can't they, just... They want to come. They're, yeah, they're asking and, to come. And you, and you can't just rock up. You've got to be yeah. asked. So, yeah. And each province can only choose one. So the guys are sort of jostling to be that one international player. Um, and then there becomes another team dynamic. When the guys get chosen, 
they are chosen very specifically on who they are. They might we don't just want to go after the, the best player, the best right. players. Are they going to fit in? What are they? Are they going to go talk to the the guys in between games? Right. Are they going to get involved? Um, so typically, a lot of that um, a lot of that um, is taken into account. What tempers any maybe a negative side yeah. to it is that you're in a team environment. So you know where you might get some players internationally might be renowned as being a bit difficult. Right. They're now in a team environment. So if they, they, if, yeah. they if if they you know, don't like a call, and they take take the ref to task. Yeah. And some players then use kind of their whole game goes for the next game, and they might even lose the match because it's it's not just them they're affecting; yeah. they're affecting a whole team. So it changes mm. a person's approach because it's a team. Yeah. There's also what they call the spirit of Jarvis and some unwritten rules. So, for example, there's nothing stopping you having a six-man team and having a reserve. And swapping a player out, you can't change your order. So you you have to play in order. So if you've got six guys in the team and your number three sits out, then number four or five Moves have to up. come in. But yeah. you can't sort of swap number three and becomes number two. But what it, what the unwritten rule is that in order for you to play in the final on the Friday, doesn't matter whether you're playing for third and fourth or first and second, you've had to have played three matches during that week. So, so you can't keep a guy. You can't all just keep week. a guy all that. And it's an unwritten rule. It's not even in the rule book. But that's just how people but are. It yeah. will never be tolerated. They just they won't allow it, and that just goes against the spirit of Jarvis. So, um, so it seems like there's a bit more fair play sportsmanship. Yeah. It, 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 do you feel that you know compared to league play or tournaments, you know ordinary stuff is, is Jarvis a little bit? Do people behave better because it's the most prestigious event, yeah, or do they behave worse because they really want to win? Yeah, that's an interesting one, Mark. Was just I, I think generally I would think they play they behave better because there's a lot of people watching yeah. and yeah. Well, but there's a fine line. Like they don't want to look badly. Where you know yeah. if they're playing their league match on a Tuesday night, yeah. you know there's just a couple people there and they can be a jerk. It's a fine yeah. line though because um, like you say, the guys really want to win. Yeah. And typically, the, the, another little unique factor about Jarvis is typically one at number four and five. So you can bring and we've had like I said, some of the top number ones in the world have played for us. some guys. Natalie Granger and LJ Anya, uh, Lawrence Anyamo played for us the same year and they had a bet to see who could lose the least amount of points over the whole week. Natalie lost 16 points and L- LJ lost 17. <laughs> so they, they had a pretty easy bet year. It was way back then before the international was sort of coming. Right. But their match did not really count in the final. It was one at number four yeah, and five. Well, all five matches count yeah. usually. Yeah. So... Um, so What's the order of, of match play in the matches? Does it go number one place first? No. So it always goes three, four, five, two, one. But then what happened was when the internationals started coming, typically your internationals normally always a number one. Um, so by that stage, if he played last, he could be a dead rubber. Right. So we now have a rule that the number ones have to play third. So and the rest gets drawn out of a hat for the last day, and your number five is not allowed to play last, and they do that because sometimes your number fives. Uh, it could be a youngster, it could be a 19, 20 year old. It doesn't actually happen that often, but it could be, and then they're scared that um, there's too much pressure. Yeah. A whole province resting on a 19 year old. Um, it's pretty too much history's on is, is too, right. There's too much pressure on him. Do, uh, do a lot of people come to watch who aren't involved in the, in the tournament? You know, um, from, from that province where it's being hosted? And, yes, the answer is yes. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, if it's held in your city, they all um, come. They all come. Yeah. You, you'll get much more spectators, casual yeah. spectators from the squash community than if it's just a, yeah. a regional tournament. Right. Even right. if it's an international tournament, 
the guys want to come for Jarvis. And you've got guys that have played, obviously, 40 years ago, 30 years ago. And they come years, anyway. Yeah. They want to come and see it. And, and I mean, it's quite special to invite um, Cape Town are pretty good at this Western Province is that if you've got past players like a Stuart Hellstone or um, they will invite them to come into a team meeting one night and come and give a little team talk or be, just be part of it. So that's pretty cool for, for the youngsters to, to be rubbing shoulders yeah, with those Specifically kind of aimed at the youngsters because a lot of the youngsters will arrive not knowing a, that history. It's, it's kind of like they've, they've, they're now being accepted. Right. You know, they're now in the fold. They play representing right. their province. And the, there's a euphoria part of the thing. And it's very good for someone who's been there, done that, to come back and say, have fun. Yeah. But if you don't do X, Y, and Z, mm. don't expect to come back. Mm. You know, it puts a, like a, yeah. a little bit of a shake on the thing. So it now builds the pressure on a youngster. Not, not, not too much. But it puts them say, hang on, this is serious. Yeah. We want, we're actually watching you. We want to yeah. see if you can perform for five days for your team and you've got some games that you think will be okay to lose because the guy's better than you. And we're saying it's not okay you to gotta lose. you got to work hard. Yeah. yeah. How many years have you played? I first played in 89. Yeah, I had some years where I wasn't in the squash community. Yeah. There. I, was, I was playing other international yeah. sports. So. Yeah. They have, a, they have a quite a cool award that if you, it doesn't matter what province you play for, or if you get to 20 Jarvises, does, and they don't have to be consecutive. And I think there's about 15 people that have got there, um, and you get a special award. And, um, That's great. a club. Yeah, it's a club, a 20 club. It's a dinner, I think, as well. Yeah, um, so it's pretty special. Wow. Trevor Wilkinson, um, yep. quite a famous name. He probably holds the, he could actually still be playing now, he could still represent his province. He's chosen not to, but I know that he got to 30. <laughs> Well. And the interesting thing, he had got to, I think, 25 or so in a row, but every single one in the A section. Now, that's at 16 years old or whatever, at that level, playing against Chris Dittmar. The Tony, best players, yeah. The best players in the world. And then, and then 25 years later. And 25 years later, it's absolutely phenomenal in the A section. Most guys would start in the D section and, and slowly work their way up. And then start working their way back down. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he, he was quite a special... Uh, who came this year so from this overseas? Year we, yeah, uh, I'm going to forget a few, which is bad. But So we had Emma Beddoes, was the top lady. Uh, Lena Hansen, uh, Sioli Waters, which is a local, our local South African. She's top top 40 in the world, 32 or 33 in the world. Who else was from the ladies? Um, Julia Lecoq came from, so there was a, so the four ladies, I think. And then the men, we had Steve Coppinger was there. We had Cameron Pilly. We had Karim Gawad, um, and there was one other Egyptian, um, Omar Masad. Yep, he was there. So we had some, we had some big names this big year. Big guns. And the the number one matches in particular, Coppinger versus Gawad was phenomenal. It was a three-two humdinger. Pili versus Masad, three-two humdinger. Um, so there was really some fantastic matches. It highlights it because those guys come from outside South Africa. Right. They don't necessarily uh, have, well, haven't been exposed to something like this. They, they don't necessarily understand that dynamic. They get put into it for a week, and those games traditionally would be around about the Thursday, Friday, mm. some really yeah. tough games. And but now they, so now they're not playing for themselves, yeah. which I don't think any of those guys have been exposed to before. They've only so if they're having. So the guy wakes up and he's got cramp in his calf muscle and he's playing a tournament in Malaysia. And he says, well, you know, 
thanks. You know, right. Close to it, maybe lose. Can't, Can't do, do it. The other interesting thing about the international players, they don't get paid. Well, they, they get paid, but relative to what they would earn for that week, they're actually paid, losing money. They're right? losing, but it, it's on their bucket list. They know that, um, and and they want to play. And it and it just so happens in South African terms, in July it happens to be the off season, or the or the, so yeah. we we have, we have access to any pro that we would really like because uh, we're not. It's a better time of year. Calendar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you. So squashproshop.com carries a great selection of equipment for squash, racquetball, badminton, and paddle tennis, platform tennis. Um, they're really a great place to, to get any of everything you need for squash. In stock now are the new Techstream rackets from Prince, including the Techstream Pro Warrior 600, which is used by the artist Ronnie Ashore. Also in stock are the new Dynergy AP series rackets from Technofiber, which are used by Miguel Angel Rodriguez, the Colombian Cannibal. They carry a full line of footwear from ASIC, Adidas, Salming, and other manufacturers. For the best selection, prices, and service on the net, go to squashproshop.com. We'd like to thank everyone who's helped us with this episode of Outside the Glass, including squashproshop.com and Grant Irving, who is, as my son likes to say, a reverse Nick that dies before the first bounce.